Sister, what can you tell us about the first power? The church doesn't allow us to discuss that. Look, sister, I don't mean to be disrespectful. But I really don't care what the church feels. People are getting killed. Forget the first power. It's not to be played with. <laughs> yeah, I will shoot the fuck out of him. <laughs> I don't care if he's on cocaine or not. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Vasne with Films. What up? <laughs> I, I have not seen it. I'm almost turned on the movie theaters. It's it's so crazy. You know, I, I was so into it in September and now I'm like, ah, oh, I'd so much rather stay home. So I'm not, I might just cancel my Regal thing and then get it back in the summertime when more consistent ones come out. Yeah. Uh, even though there, there's ones out there, there's three of them I want to see out there right now. It's yeah. just, uh, uh, it's so hard when I've got... So many movies to watch here, and they're dropping so many on streaming every week that I have to actually make my way to the movies. Have you been to the movies since uh, the knock at the door? I haven't uh, been to the movies, but I was just trying to find the name of one um, that I just saw like two nights ago. My girl and I watched with um, Daniel Radcliffe on Netflix. Um, I'm trying to look up the name of it right now. A film or a... Uh... A movie. It's... Uh... I'm, I'm looking it up. Give me a second. I was almost there, and you had to ask me early. Um, Radcliffe. I love Radcliffe. He's killing it in movies now. Well, if yeah. it's not Weird Al and not Swiss Army Man. I think it's called Jungle. Jungle, huh? Yeah. Um, Horns. He was great in Horns. He's done a lot of weird stuff. It's an interesting movie. You remember a couple of years ago, um, I talked about that movie. I think it's called Whitewater Summer. Yeah. With Kevin Bacon. I bought it, yeah. Okay. Yep. Bought it, it. Loved it. Uh, Sean Ashton almost seemed miscast in it to me, but that yeah, was good. but it's basically that movie, okay. but like in the jungles of Colombia. Is he playing the Kevin Shady Kevin Bacon character? Well, and so that's it. so we watched the trailer, yeah. and the trailer makes it appear. And this uh, it's not a spoiler; it's just mm-hmm. the fact the trailer just just misleading. Okay, yeah. Um, the trailer makes it seem like this group of guys, Daniel Radcliffe and two of his friends, meet this guy who's like knows the jungle really well. Yeah. Almost, uh, what's his name in Anaconda? Oh, uh, like uh, John Voight. Yeah, 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 you know. And How old is this movie? Uh, I think it just came out okay. recently. Um, I, I, I honestly cannot find a whole lot on it, and I can't search the, and the talk. The jungle. It. Yeah. I'll do it. Um, and so they meet this guy who's like, he's like, hey, I pan for gold, and I know about this tribe of people that are seldomly photographed, and, you know, oddly enough, one of his friends is a photographer, um, and so in the trailer, it makes it look like this guy brings them into the jungle and then basically like disappears and you don't know what the fuck is going on when huh. in actual, and this is also a, a completely true story. Um, when in actuality, the four of them go into the jungle and some shit happens and they basically part ways. Um, one of them decides that they're going to take a hike for three days and or two of them decide they're going to take a hike for three days. Two of them decide they're going to take uh, the river on this raft that they've built, and it's full of rapids. And, like, I won't go past that. But It's got good ratings on it was IMDb. A, it was a good movie. Um, it was a real, I wouldn't say it would make your fantastic list, but it definitely is a good did movie. It make, what did it make for you? I mean, it was <laughs> like good. a very good list? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, I would recommend watching it. I, it was just not fantastic. 2017, oh, okay. Greg McLean did it. Who is the same guy who did Wolf Creek? Interesting. Wolf oh, Creek okay. One and Two. Oh wow! Did it have any level of horror in it like that? Not really. Um, there was one or two kind of like, oh, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. But um, but it's more of just like a survival, survival movie, story, yeah. you know. Um, it's good. You should watch it. Out. Yeah, cool. I'll add it to my things to watch list. Yeah. I only watched a couple movies this week because uh, we had just come back from the Bahamas and I was still getting uh, shit in order around the house. And I ended up buying, uh, they have the awesome action figures now available uh, for collectors out there of the old uh, Dungeons and Dragons animated cartoon. Do you oh, remember wow. that from back in the day? Vaguely. 1983. Yeah. It was that's... like six kids that were at a amusement park. They went on the line and it transported them back and the dungeon master made one like the wizard, one like uh, an acrobat, one mm-hmm. uh, a thief and everything. And the whole series, only 27 episodes, where they're just trying to find a way home back to the uh, to the amusement park. And it mm-hmm. was great. It was voiced by some great actors. 
uh, Willie Ames. I don't know if you remember Willie Ames from no. uh, Charles in Charge. He was his, no. he was his buddy, his sidekick okay. from that. He was also in Zapped. He was his sidekick in that. Huh. Uh, who else was a voice in it? A bunch of uh, other famous people. Uh, were, oh, Ralph Malf from uh, Happy Days was Ralph the voice Ralph. of like the the Cavalier. Uh, it was awesome. So they came up with these like unbelievably accurate action figures that everyone's obsessed with. Now. Oh wow! They, they, you can get them at Target or uh, Walmart. Twenty five bucks a pop. Damn. And uh, I bought the ones they had available and pre-ordered the other ones. But I was like, I need to watch this series, man. And I had to order it on eBay for like 20 bucks. So I binged like 27 episodes. Oh, wow. I, I'm not usually into uh, cartoons. I'll make a, an exception for some 80s or 70s cartoons like that. But damn, was it fun. Yeah. It was evil. I love those ones that it was like, is it for kids? Ah, fuck it. They can deal with some evil shit. Yeah. Because there was some evil stuff in that show. And huh. uh, really, really fun, man. I loved it. And I, uh, so I ended up binging that. And uh, you know what's awesome, dude? And hmm. You definitely need to check out if you haven't seen it yet. The new Beavis and Butthead is amazing. Is it amazing? Cry my eyes out, funny. The movie uh, or the show? No, there's a new TV show that's after South Park. Okay, the new South Park. On Paramount Plus. Uh, the new South Parks are killing it too. The Megan Markle I episode. Heard, have you seen, heard about? I heard they're it? getting a fucking giant lawsuit slapped on them right now because of the Markle. It thing? says it wasn't because of that. I I scammed over the was, skimmed over the it headline. Was so good that episode. Check that episode out uh, when you get a chance. It was like old school takedown of by like uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone to something that all of us are feeling with that. Uh, that Meghan Markle kind of uh, Prince Harry thing. It was so great. Yeah, I, you know, I was, I haven't seen it since Paramount Plus picked it up because I don't have okay. Paramount Plus. Yeah. Um, but I know that, so the, I think they're into the second season since they've switched over to that. Okay. And the first season just became available on HBO Max. Yeah, I think so, HBO Max is um, too. You know, but yeah, it's awesome. And But the Beavis and Butthead, were you a fan of the old show? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's the exact same thing. The exact same thing. They do the same exact... Uh, he he does all the voices still, and uh, the animation is exactly the same. The style is exactly the same, except when they break to do music videos like they used to do. They mm. still do an occasional music video, but a lot of it is YouTube videos. Oh, that really? Doing, and it is so funny. Oh, like, that's good. It had me in tears. That's where I awesome. was wiping the tears out of my uh, my eyes and being like, I don't care what the sketches are in the show, which are actually really funny. Yeah. But it, it's the same thing. They're, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Saying the same things. It's like they have not grown at all, which I is heard kind of that fun. The, the, the movie uh, was supposed to be pretty funny. Yeah, I though. never watched the movie. Uh, the new one. Yeah, I never saw the new one yeah. at all. But this, uh, this show is so great. They were like... Uh, you would love one. They uh, they start they start like a clip from YouTube, and it's someone doing ASR and it's, ASMR. Uh, ASMR, sorry. Yeah. And it's the it's the funniest thing. Listening to them uh, take it down, you could tell it's just it's just Mike Judge in his house, yeah. like riffing yeah. uh, on stuff. But it was so funny him watching another person who was doing just stupid YouTube stuff, and they yeah. made fun of it. It's it's classic, man. I loved it. Yeah. So I only watched like two movies, but um, one of them was. Uh, made my decent list bordering on dog shit <laughs> was the original Italian job. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I don't remember the, the I know the Mark Wahlberg and the Ed Norton one and everything. Yeah. And it, that one was definitely more fun than the old one, which before I watched it, I would have said the other way. I uh -huh. would have been like, well, obviously the original is better. I didn't remember the original. Uh, I don't think I had seen it. It was part of that. I don't uh, think. Movies. I thought you were talking about the Mark Wahlberg No, one, no, no, so. no. I watched the original with Michael Caine. Okay. In 1969, I, I think is what the date was. And uh, I didn't realize, I didn't expect it to be as cheeky as it was. It was too, like, uh, it was too funny for my taste. I thought it was going to be this, like, hard-ass, like, uh, uh, thievery movie yeah. where you're getting to see them do some great like Ocean's 12 type of shit yeah. and it had that moments in it but it was so goofy and silly like one, the tech guy that uh, in the movie this, this will date this movie and me a lot too the tech guy in the movie is Benny Hill oh wow <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ yeah. I didn't even know he acted in real movies yeah what's the, I, I just um, thought he did that Benny Hill show where he was just playing the dirty old man who's the guy that's in the new one uh, I, I love him too he's a great <laughs> actor um yeah, I swear I saw the new Italian job in the theater, but that was it. I think I, I saw it and I was like, eh, that was all right. Who was the guy that was in Iron Man before Terrence Howard? Uh, oh, Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle. Yeah. He was the tech guy. He was guy. the tech guy in the, yeah. uh, the newer one? Yeah. You definitely I, remember it more than me. I think it was I think it was either him. What's the one where most deaf is the tech guy? Is that uh, Ocean's Eleven? No. No, I don't know about that. 
He's the most, bomb guy. I know most deaf, but I'm not sure I've ever seen him play a tech guy in anything. He, That's he's, kind of well, he's the explosives guy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, see, they by the time Italian Job came out, that new one, they had already done Gone in 60 Seconds. And Gone in 60 Seconds was kind of the blueprint for that type of movie, in my opinion. Uh, that Nicolas Cage Gone in 60 Seconds, you could do that style movie every year still, and it would be killing it. The Italian Job. Yeah, yeah most deaf is that okay. in the Italian Job. I'll have to rewatch that one, yeah. because the other one left me thinking, eh, it's, it's His gar- character's really garbage. funny, yeah. But the movie I did watch, which was great, uh, it didn't make my fantastic list, but it was it's bordering on there, where Italian Job's bordering on the dog shit. Yeah. This, this movie is bordering on the fantastic and is super hard to find. I'm going to have to drop $20 if I want to get the Blu-ray. It's called Jack's Back. Uh, and hmm. has the most boring cover in the world. Uh, type in Jack's Back 1988. And uh, I used to see it in the movie theater and I had no, or in the video store, and I had no clue what it was. It, it's a kind of a horror thriller. And if they had a better fucking cover for it, I would have probably gotten it a long time ago. Uh, it's somebody who's recreating, it's just James Spader's face. Yeah. Basically. That's all yeah. it is. You can tell James Spader. See, Spader's what's interesting face. is, though, is you're right about that, about the cover, because there's one cover here that says Jack's Back yeah. and it's just him. There's another one with it's the same exact picture, but it says, the Ripper. Now, see, that that would help yeah. if it had been like that because what's going on in this movie, really good, too. I definitely recommend this movie, and I'm going to definitely watch it again and probably drop that $20 for the Blu-ray unless I can find it cheaper. And someone's recreating the... At the very beginning of the movie, someone's recreating the Jack the Ripper murders to a T, who he's killing, where he's killing them. Uh, they the, So the cops, after about... I think Jack the Ripper did like six or seven uh, kills. I think seven. And so after he gets to a, be about... Um, uh, probably six the cops will realize what's going on so when the movie starts he's about to commit that final murder so the cops are on it they they know that it's going to be a pregnant woman in her house that's going to do the killing yeah. and everything but that, then it kind of goes into this story with uh, James Spader and James Spader um, is mild spoilers but th- this happens within like 20 minutes of the movie uh, he's like this really nice humanitarian doctor and they're warning people, don't go out of the house. You know, he's going to kill this pregnant woman and everything. And uh, James Spader goes into a place where that woman just gets killed. And he comes face to face with the serial killer who's, yeah. who's doing it. Uh, and But the serial killer says, says, it's not me. I just came in and, and found this. So you weren't sure if he was the serial killer or not. Right. But... James Spader was so adamant to this is the killer that that guy ended up uh, killing James Spader like half hour in the movie. I'm like, his face is on the fucking cover and everything. I'm yeah. like, what the hell is going on? It's like Steven Seagal and executive Yeah, yeah. Decision. So they kill him and he, he makes it look like James Spader hung himself. Mm. And then all of a sudden... James Spader wakes up in bed, and you're like, what the fuck? Did I just watch a whole dream sequence for the last 10 minutes of this murderer and the girl getting killed and disembodied and everything? Yeah. And then it, it turns out James Spader's got a fucking twin, and he just dreamt that his brother died, and he shows up in town, and now J- the other James Spader has to figure out what happens. Wow. And it's this great thriller movie that kind of keeps going. Uh, you could figure out the ending maybe, uh, like, uh, 20 minutes before it happens, but yeah. it's still fun. You're like, ah, oh. there's enough put in there that you don't know who to yeah. kind of really believe. Wow. And uh, it was fabulous. I think it was poorly marketed, uh, certainly by poster stuff, but I had never heard about it growing up. Yeah, no. It, it's very rare. I love watching. Uh, I'm not surprised when I have uh, newer movies that will pop up on my fantastic list because obviously they're new. I never saw them. Sure, yeah. Ones to a been declared fantastic in the 80s that I haven't seen is is pretty rare. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of them and everything, but usually people would talk back in the 80s and be like, hey, that movie's pretty damn good. Yeah. I I worked at video stores. I know what uh, rented. And I definitely saw this movie the VHS of this in the store, but went right over it. Huh. You know, because they probably put it in drama, not horror, because yeah. it, I guess it was more drama. It was more uh, kind of Silence of the Lambs, serial killer type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so... Check out Jack's back. It's on Tubi. Oh, cool. So definitely check out. No reason not to. Another thing on Tubi, not sure if you're aware, <laughs> is the movie The First Power. I've seen it. The second and the third power are not available, <laughs> unfortunately. Which Although they are talked about in the movie. You, you, you'll 
find out that uh, from the worldwide gross, they should have easily had a second and third power, and I don't understand why they did not. But, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us just the main kind of premise of the first power? First, before we start, did you watch this when you were young, I assume? So I remember having this on VHS yes. and coming home and watching it every day after school <laughs> for like a month and a half. People were obsessed with I this movie. I loved this movie yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, it was weird. It came out of an interesting time. 1990 was a good year for horrors and thrillers. It was the same year as Flatliners, as Dark Man. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else came out in 1990. Uh, the Quick Change. Yeah. Uh, 1990 was a good year for movies. 90s hit the the, the ground running. My yeah. cousin loved this movie and saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen it in the theater. I definitely waited till HBO to see it. But once I uh, watched HBO, there were certain movies back when we were in like uh, the 80s and 90s that every one of your fellow movie fans just considered cool. Oh, yeah. And this was one of them. This yeah. was one of them. Like Shocker. It was it was just a cool movie. Absolutely, it's, it's not it's not going to win in awards and everything, but on the fun level, it's really high up there. And yeah. they weren't doing a whole lot of like fun satanic type movies back yeah. in the day. Yeah, too. so you're very familiar. So why don't you give us like the uh, the the quick synopsis before we go into the cast and we talk about uh, all them? Well, so uh, there's a satanic serial killer running around town, and uh, Lou Diamond. I say Louis Gossett Jr. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Totally who, different movie. Yeah, I would still. Watch I would it. still watch it for Fucking sure. Yeah. Like, um, is you know the detective on the case, and as the uh, the movie starts, he's like catching up with him. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but he gets a call from his mysterious informant that mm-hmm. says, you know, this is where you're going to catch him. You have to promise me that you're not going to kill him mm-hmm. and he's not going to get the death sentence. But she doesn't say why. And he goes through one of the quickest trials and death row terms oh, yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. The guy gets found. Well, he wanted to be. Yeah, but there, I mean. Was, he was thanking it's like I he, appreciate it. it. It's like he went from the courtroom to the gas chamber. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. And they kill him, and lo and behold, he has the the first power, which is, you know, the power of resurrection, yep. and he starts, like, taking over people and coming after Lou Diamond Phillips, yep. and uh, it's Good a fun stuff, movie, man. dude. All right, we'll, we'll jump into some of our favorite scenes and stuff in this movie, because there's a bunch of them that I love. There was some trailer moments in this movie that I, I remember. This was one of the on-demand movies. I, I think I watched this even before... I think I watched it on demand even before I watched it on uh, HBO because it had a killer trailer where you were like, oh, man, this just looks badass. Oh, yeah. I wish uh, I remember the trailer. Oh, the trailer was great. It had that homeless woman doing that spin up on the window and everything. She but, was one of the uh, best parts of the oh, fucking movie. I love the fucking I, I love that scene. We'll talk more about that scene. But let's go into the cast because it was funny. I was watching this the uh, yesterday with my wife and she's like, who's that 12 year old playing the detective? <laughs> <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips really did look fucking. Oh, young, yeah, man. absolutely. I mean, he definitely and he aged well if you look at him now he looks great yeah. he looks really really good you yeah. could tell younger that he was going to age well he had that great skin and the great hair and and we watched him age throughout different movies and everything I, I was always a Lou Diamond Phillips he'll fan he'll still always be Chavez to me uh, from what oh, Young Guns oh from Young Guns uh. yeah yeah well I and so his list of movies here, I think his very first movie was La Bamba. Oh, really? Uh, La Bamba, that was, he, God, that was he was very movie. young. And uh, almost everyone our age saw La Bamba and saw the second movie on here because of all the schooling we went to, which was Stand and Deliver. They loved playing Stand and Deliver. The one with Edward James almost was the teacher who taught the inner city kids, the uh, the Hispanic kids in L.A. Oh, he was yeah, the finger man. That's who would, uh, right. Call, had that great scene when he was showing him his fingers and stuff. Uh, and Lou Diamond oh, Phillips was that. the he had the net kid. on his head yeah, he, and, yeah. and he had it in a ponytail and he yeah. just sat back there and didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he, Edward James almost had to get to him and everything. Yeah. It was a great movie. I love Stand and Deliver. It's right there with like if you're getting a box set, Stand and Deliver and Lean on Lean me. on Me. It's, yeah. it's right there with it. Uh, but then after that was Young Guns, man, and Young Guns was like our shit. Man. Yeah, it, when we were younger, it was not. Were you a Young Guns fan? You were. You were like, did you like Young Guns one or two better? Because I like two better. It's a weird thing. It was a weird thing. Every time I, I always thought I did, and then you'd watch one, and you were like, "Damn, I forgot how I know. one was." Yeah. It, and I, as an older adult, I think I like one better. But as nostalgia purposes, I watch two a lot. Yeah. And, and I, I would say that's probably how I feel now. Yeah. You know, like oh, yeah, yeah. Nostalgia- but I bought the. I mean, I bought the fucking uh, the Bon Jovi Box. single. Oh yeah. Uh, to, for that song, yeah. uh, what the hell was that song? Uh, Bow. 
Oh, God, it was good. He was in it for a uh, brief moment. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> I love that song, dude. It was popular, man. Yeah. That song got uh, popular. And he was awesome in it. There was that great scene where he got... Did he get stabbed in the yeah, arm in the first or yeah. the second one? Uh, it's in the second I one. I think it was Christian, Christian Slater. Slater yeah, yeah, and he, he's got the fucking knife it's going... Like a big Bowie knife. ...right through his fucking arm. Oh. He's like, you want your knife back? Oh, God, oh. so good. For me, when I love him the most, it's one of those movies uh, that... Uh, really changed my life when I was younger for the point of a movie in terms of a movie that I would put on in the background. sounds to me like first power is yours. Just that movie you could put on that you were so familiar with that you didn't even have to look at the screen Mm -hmm. was disorganized crime for me. I don't know that Uh, I remember that. It was Lou Diamond Phillips, Fred Gwynn, you know, the guy from the monsters. It's like uh, a hit movie or like a, like a, um, it was a comedy con movie. Uh, no, it was a comedy bank robbing movie. So Corbin Burnson at the beginning of the movie like set up this perfect crime and then was sending envelope and pictures of this bank to all his crew, which mm-hmm. were Lou Diamond Phillips, Fred Gwynn, the guy from Dear John, and Reuben Blades. Uh-huh. And he, he goes to the post office, he puts the things in there, and right when he puts the things in there, uh, Ed O'Neill and Daniel uh, uh, Robach were the two FBI agents said, put your hands up, and took them out of the town and were transporting them back. So when those guys showed up for the crime, Corbin Burnson was wasn't there oh shit you know and he actually escaped from uh there was a whole sub story where he escapes from uh, huh. al bundy and stole al bundy's pants and al bundy's <laughs> half naked through half the movie but it's those guys figuring out hey there was a job here in town maybe we should just do the job we got all the information of it yeah. it's them robbing the bank it's such a great movie man. huh yeah if you haven't seen disorganized Crime, i, I that feel out. like i might might have seen bits and pieces of that when i was younger uh so some of the other movies lou diamond phillips have written i've been doing the when i have been doing these like cast lists here i've, I've been putting the like the movie we're talking about within it, so we know sure. where, where that is within mm-hmm. their timeline. So he had done Young Guns, Disorganized Crime, Renegades. Remember Renegades with Kiefer Sullivan, Sutherland? I do, but it's it's. It was again... like one of those midnight run type movies where, uh, yeah, I think uh, he had to transport. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips and then they end up becoming friends and he got away and he captured him again he got yeah. away it was a lot of those movies in the next I feel like it's like Midnight Run in the cowboy way just kind of yeah, like or like uh, Flashback you remember Flashback with Keith Sutherland and Dennis Hopper I, I, the vaguely yeah, yeah they switched do, identities at yeah. one point it was funny uh, so then First Power happened after Renegades and then Young Guns 2 it came out the same year First Power and Young Guns 2 oh, wow. so it was, was a big good year, year for, for him. Lou Diamond yeah. and then he disappeared for a while and then remember he popped up in Courage Under Fire and you're like oh, oh man wow, yeah. remember that scene where he was on the train tracks and the train was coming straight towards him yeah. and it was fucking crazy and you're huh. like what the hell's going on with Lou Diamond Phillips and then I remember uh, I love this movie but most people hate it is the big hit with Mark Wahlberg it's super silly. I, I Christina think I remember. Applegate. Remember, he had to return the movie, and it was, he's he's part of a hit squad, and it was uh, Bo Keem Woodbine. Was yeah, in it. and uh, I think I saw it once. It was the comedy was like over the top, but if you either you bought into it or you didn't, yeah. and it was really fun. Actually, I think I, I remember thought. it. I think I remember liking it. Yeah, and then he did Another Day in Paradise, where he played a, a gay guy in it, and he was awesome in Another huh. Day in Paradise. That was the same guy who did Kids and Bully, oh, so wow. it had that same kind of this, glad I didn't see it. This is a feel to movie. it. It was yeah. the most watchable of the Larry Clark films. Oh wow, because he that did says he, something. He did Another Day in Paradise, then he did Kids, or maybe he did Kids first. I think it was Kids, Another Day in Paradise, and then Bully, and then he did a couple more fucked films but i love all three of them but another day in paradise was a james woods uh melanie griffith where they were like low-level uh criminals who also dealt with heroin and everything and it was just them getting fucked up and like kind of uh taking two teenagers under their wing and hmm. lou diamond phillips played one of the contacts where they were gonna uh deal drugs with and he like screwed him over and it was a great stuff i loved what uh and then he ended up uh, joining like the 24 series for a little while for, like six oh, episodes interesting. so he did a bunch of stuff now Tracy Griffith, do you know her from anything else? I don't. That's the psychic, the, the redhead. Yes, yeah. which I definitely had a thing for back in the day. I had a thing for all redheads, but uh, rewatching it, I was like, "Ooh, that hair, man!" <laughs> Sorry, she doesn't have it now, obviously, <coughs> but she is the half sister of Melanie Griffith. Oh, okay. I always knew that back in the day. If you look at her, she could definitely has Melanie Griffith vibes. Interesting going on, and she was in Fear City. Uh, apparently she got that job through her sister because that was a uh, Melanie Griffith movie where Melanie Griffith was nude 80% of the movie. Huh. Uh, I loved it. I recently watched, I think I lo- watched it last year. It had uh, Billy D. Williams and uh, Tom Berenger, and it was uh, some I remember serial killer. talk about yeah, it. Yeah, serial killer yeah. killing strippers. It was really good. Also on Tubi. Uh, 
Then she only did a couple more movies uh, before she did First Power. So she did The Fear City. She did Fast Food. Do you remember that? That was like an unsettling. Gross I remember the comedy. box to that. Yeah, with it had Jim Varney on it, and he was eating a hamburger, and it, it was kind of a dirty, scuzzy, almost like waiting. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It had that dirty, scuzzy feel, or uh, which, by ham- the way, anybody listening, it's crazy how accurate the movie Waiting is. Yeah, <laughs> be be nice to your wait yeah, staff. Exactly. For sure. Uh, I do remember her from Sleepaway Camp 3. I'm a huge Sleepaway Camp franchise. You know, fan. I never saw any of those. Oh, I, my God. As a kid, so good. Well, because as a kid, I remember the box, and it was the girl, and she had the backpack. And that Jason's, was the third one. Okay. Yep. Well, and, and or the second one. Sorry. Freddy's Claw was there. Yep, Jason's was Mask two. was there. And Michael Myers. And I don't know what year it came out, but I remember thinking to myself, that must be the scariest movie ever. Uh, yeah. I'm never going to watch that. So I well, never did. What was interesting is the first one was is completely different than the fir- the other two. The girl played Angela and the first one didn't play her in number two and three. The girl played her in number two or three. I really like it was uh, Bruce Springsteen's sister, oh. who was an actress for a short period of time. But two and three were, were funny. They were very campy mm-hmm. and uh, and funny. And the first one were that had a campiness to it, but it was dark and it had one of the the most famous horror endings ever in history. Oh, really? Uh, and I, I, so big of a horror ending that I won't ruin it on the pod, but I'll mm-hmm. tell you afterwards if you're interested. Or you could watch it. It's yeah. great. No, that, and I should. That ending is really great. It makes the whole fucking movie, and there's two things happen at the ending, and either one of them or the other one freaks you out more. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting which camp you are. I am, I'm definitely in one camp. The other one I thought was, whoa, that's unique. Yeah. But then there was something that was like, oh, that's disturbing. Cut away, cut away. <laughs> and uh, it might not be what you think it is if you've seen the uh, uh, Sleepaway Camp. But the, the second and third one were funny. It was just like she was like she, – she went uh, – that girl who played Angela was like the, the best um, – camp counselor and wanted everyone not to have fun and to be a good camp counselor mm-hmm. and, and when they weren't she would just kill the other counselors in oh, a God. funny ass way and Tracy Griffith was one of the people that got killed uh, so she was really good now the killer the guy who played uh, Patrick Channing in this movie it was uh, played by Jeff Cobert now Jeff Cobert had only done a few things I always remembered him from Alien Nation. How well do you know Alien Nation? Pretty well. He was the one that they were going to drown in the ocean at the okay. beginning, and he was begging not to go. Yeah. Uh, not a big scene, but I could see it in his face because that makeup was done in such a way where it, if you can ignore from the bridge of the nose up, yeah. you can see the actor. Yeah. Uh, and he was great in that. Then he went on to do the first power. He did Tank Girl, A Man Apart, The Hills Have Eyes Too, and he was in Sully. He has a very unique look. One of the most interesting parts of the first power is that mask he wore at the very yeah. beginning of the movie. It looked like him. Yeah. It looked like they. he found a mask yeah. or he made a mask that yeah. looked like his face. You know who he kind of reminds me of is, um, you know, in Something About Mary. Mm-hmm. Um as oh, the a, kid, the the, the weird uh, with the crutches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, I could get that. But also, if you took him and Matt Dillon and put them together, okay. he also kind of reminds that me guy. of that killer from uh, not as the as big as he is, but he kind of reminds me of the killer from Cobra. I I thought it was him in, in my mind. I thought that's who it was right before he took yeah. the mask off, and then I was like, oh, that's right. And there's another guy that- I know uh, from Maniac Cop too. Um, oh, I didn't think him, but that's interesting. The Maniac yeah. Cop 2 guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just not that. That guy from Maniac Cop 2 is massive. He's got the uh, fucking widest jawline I've ever seen. He also looks like the guy. So he must look like fucking hole. 10 different guys. Yeah. He looks like the guy from Training Day that was part of uh, Denzel's crew. When yeah. He, when he asked you, are you all right with this? Yeah, yeah. I'm all right with uh, this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That guy could have gotten a bunch of roles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is that every kind of, he, he looks kind of shady. Yeah. He looks like he should have been serial killer in different movies yeah. and everything. But when I watched this, I thought, I mean, this guy's going to... The same thing I thought with Horror Show. I mm-hmm. thought, this guy's going to go through and do 10 more of these. Oh, yeah. This is a franchise. Yeah. Uh, it's also one of the first times I saw Bubba Gump uh, was in this movie. That was him, wasn't yep. it? My Kelty Williamson, who I never get his name right. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, he is the MacGyver. We always just call him Bubba Gump. The, the, I couldn't place it because he had so much damn hair. Yeah. And I was looking at him and I'm like, I know him. I know him, but I can't figure out where and, I know him from. And when you look at his stuff here, man, there's so much we saw back in the day that we should have known him for before yeah. Bubba Gump popped right. up. But that was such a memorable role that yeah. he instantly became Bubba Gump. Yeah. Like if you look at his stuff here, and one of these I really, really liked. I think I might do the in a future episode with David uh, about it, and I'll tell you when I get to it. But he did Streets of Fire, which is the first Wal- one of the first Walter Hill films. He was in the Delta Force, which I had no huh. 
Buffalo. Wildcats, you remember the Goldie Hawn football movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, He was uh, one of the players. No shit. Miracle Mile. Now, that's the movie I think me and Dave should do. I've I've mentioned it maybe on a wild card pod before. It was a really great... Is uh, it the running one, or is it the... No, that's Marathon Man. Oh. Uh, Miracle Mile was uh, Anthony Edwards at the beginning of the movie. With the Italian Uh, bikers? No, it's a weird... It's it's a weird... No, that's another great movie. That's Breaking Away. (laughs) See, see, I'm getting there. (laughs) I I like how your brain's working here, though. No, it, it doesn't go with the name at all. At the very beginning of the movie, Anthony Edwards uh, is outside a diner, like smoking a cigarette, and the the phone rings, and he picks it up, and the guy on the other line thinks he's talking to somebody else, and he he's like, "We're we're at DefCon three. He says the bombs are oh, a, yeah. a, about to uh, launch. You have to get out of the city and everything." And the guy and Anthony Edwards is like, "Is this a joke?" And the guy's like, "Who is this? Yeah. Is this not Jim from so and so?" He says, "Forget I ever called," and, and hangs up. Jesus. And then he goes into the diner. And he says. I just got the weirdest call, and yeah. that's how the movie starts. Oof. And it was really, really good. That had a great ending. Man. I'm worried we're movie. getting real close to that. Yeah, that ending was great. It was, uh, it was not a happy ending, and I loved every second of it. Yeah. It was so great. <laughs> uh, so, just another couple of the character actors in this movie. Not a whole other bunch of big people. Like the uh, the sister Marguerite was played by Elizabeth Arland, who must have just slipped into these character actor roles that never kind of uh, hit with me in my head because it's a lot of big movies she had been in and I cannot tell you by looking at these movies who she was in any of them. Hmm. So she was an Unfaithfully Yours which uh, arguably is the, the least lesser known of them but I loved it. Uh, that was the Dudley Moore one where he planned on killing Armando Sante for his wife. It was a very funny comedy. Uh, but she was in Bachelor Party. She was in Johnny Dangerously <laughs> which is uh, apropos. She was in Moving Violations. Nice. St. Elmo Fire, European Vacation, and Critical Condition. Can't tell what the you. Fuck? Can't tell you one thing she was in it in those movies. She just must have just came right in. Uh, the same guy, the two of the main cops in this movie. One of them was uh, Dennis Lipscomb, who had been uh, who had done War Games, Crossroads, Under Siege, and then there's the other guy. Uh, he was very recognizable as Carmen. Uh, let me get this name right. Argenzino. He played in a shitload. Like, uh, I have listed here for his uh, biography, he had done Caged Heat, Godfather 2, When a Stranger Calls, Sudden Impact, Into the Night, Stand and Deliver, uh, Big Business, The Accused, First Power, Unlawful Entry, Broken Arrow, Gone in 60 Seconds, Swordfish, Identity, Angels and Demons. This guy is, like, uh, we should have done this guy on, like, a uh, character character actor actor pod, for sure. And now one other actor I have on the list here. And uh, he had, like, one line in the movie, but it was just great to see him, was the bartender was played by Bill Mosley, you know, from oh, House really? of a Thousand Corpses and, uh, and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. yeah he, you forget how many times he's very similar to, to uh, Mike Kelty. You forget how many big movies he was in. Like, I always remember him from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. You ever get to see that one? That's the one with Dennis Hopper. It was the kind of comedic one. Uh, I think I... Actually, I don't think I did. He played... I, I think, think I've seen I cuts I think his name was it. Shock Top. He had this, like, metal part of his head and he used to just scratch it mm-hmm. with, the uh, with like, this weird coat hanger. In yeah. The whole movie, it was weird. I do remember that. Yeah. He also was in The Blob. He was in Pink that's, Cadillac. That's Run Rabbit, right? Yeah, Run Rabbit. Run Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Then he, But even before that, he was in Night of Living Dead. Do you remember the Tom Savini one? The... the the color version of Night of Living that they did in 1990. Remember, uh, Candyman was was in it. He was yeah. The they were guy. down in the down in the basement. Yeah, well, yeah. sort of. They were in the house, and then there was another group of people in the basement yeah. that wouldn't let him in there right. and everything. It was and it then, was great. It was probably one gotten, of the best. Yeah, it's probably one of the best remakes. In my opinion, it's better than the original. Uh, I love the original, but man, I really love the uh, the 1990 version. And he played uh, the guy at the beginning who was teasing his sister. They're coming to get you, Bob. Yeah, remember in the yeah. cemetery? Yeah, he played him. And uh, he was also in White Fang, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Army of Darkness, and then House of a Thousand Corpses. It like took off another part of his career where he huh. just did Devil's Rejects and all those movies. I mean, I think he's been in every. Has zombie. he been in every Rob Zombie movie? Maybe, possibly. Without, with the exception of maybe uh, the Monsters. I don't think he was in the Monsters. So as far as crew goes in this movie. Uh, Robert Rezanoff is the writer director, and this was his only feature. And the only other thing that he uh, screenplay he wrote was a movie that I liked that not many people know about, which was uh, Collision Course with Pat Morita Pat and, Marita Jay and Jay Leno. That's Hell great, yeah. dude. That's See, awesome. You, you and me, you, yeah. you and me know about <laughs> you're, Collision. You're course. the other guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great to meet you. <laughs> because yeah, nobody knows about Collision Course, man. Yeah. And it was funny. Yeah. Was, and how yeah. many times are you gonna get to see Jay Leno I, play that kind of role? I get that one confused with the one with um, Michael Keaton 
when he works at the auto plant. Like oh, Gung Ho. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, vastly different, but yeah, yeah, but it's just it's it's all the same movie, kind of like they both deal with well cars, I guess, in the title, sort of collision course. (laughs) Uh, So the cinematographer for this, weird enough, was the same cinematographer uh, Miracle Mile. So that was a weird connect here. But uh, Theo Van Desante did a bunch of good stuff. So he started like pretty indie with Miracle Mile, The First Power, Once Around, which is uh, a. a movie that's criminally underrated that people should check out with Richard Dreyfuss and Holly Hunter. Uh, body Parts. I love Body Parts, man. I can't <laughs> talk about Body Parts enough. No one knows about Body Parts. So he's been doing these little indie movies. First Power, he did like right after Miracle Mile. but And after Body Parts, he did Wayne's World. And bam, did that probably kick for him. Yeah. He did Exit to Eden, which was probably one of the biggest stinkers ever made. <laughs> that You remember that? Nope. That's the Dan Aykroyd, Rosie O'Donnell dominatrix fucking island movie oh wow i do remember it's that horrible, see i i had forgotten that paul yeah, I, thank you i know that was i could go back to therapy yeah though. now i'm great <laughs> i have to go back to hypnosis yeah no hypnosis it's like God someone accidentally it. saying your trigger word yeah. <laughs> said hippopotamus and now i can't fucking leave the house without turning yeah. the lights off. now i have to do a backflip god damn it <laughs> <laughs> and i can't do a backflip paul <laughs> Uh, he also was the cinematographer on Bushwhacked, which you are also probably the other person who remembers Daniel that movie. Stern. The Daniel well, Stern in the Woods movie. Uh, Volcano Blade. Blade, he was a great cinematographer in it. Oh, really? Yeah. For, for me, that opening scene in Blade, he should put on his like, uh, cinematography like, reel. Yeah, I, that I actually was a, just had Blade on like uh, a few weeks that ago. That first scene really still kills it, man. Uh, Cruel Intentions, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, Grown Ups 1 and 2. So you can see so that, you that, he, he definitely, Adam Sandler train. that Happy Madison uh, train he yeah. jumped onto. Now, what's interesting being at the composer on this movie, and, I, and this is why I'm, for these moments, just like this one, I'm glad I put the composer on these because he's he's one of my writer, director, cinematographer, and composer. I know there's a lot of different people we could be talking about, but those are kind of the main interest, I think, that kind of really track with what really drives the movie in my opinion i could have put editor but no i'm not gonna do that you don't have the best boy on there Yeah, best boy (laughs) (laughs) uh the composer is stuart copeland and stuart copeland's a big bit of enigma because he's not a traditional composer he is one of the members of the police the 80s music group Hmm. arguably one of the more talented everyone knows sting in the police but people forget that stuart copeland was in there and he's really fucking good now stuart copeland has been in did a lot of major movies. Now, I'm going to put a big list here, and these are all movies we all love and that we probably never realized Stuart Copeland was the composer on. So it looks like Francis Ford Coppola was the first person to snatch him up for Rumblefish, and then from there went to Wall Street, She's Having a Baby, Talk Radio, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, The First Power, Taking Care of Business, Men at Work, Highlander 2, Surviving the Game, Gridlocked, Good Burger, and Very Bad Things. Great movies, man. Good Burger's I, I on love there. I love, love Very Bad Things. I love Men at Work, man. That's one of those movies I hear a lot of people shit on, but man, I love that goddamn movie. Which one? Man, Men at Work. It's oh, on my, fuck to- yeah, it's on my top 100, man. It's a great one. So, some of the details the release date for this was April 6, 1990. Uh, shit, that fucker is about to turn 33 years old. Damn. Uh, now I feel old. Yeah. Uh, filming locations all over LA. Uh, the budget for the film. This is what made me kind of question why it didn't have a yeah, second I'm and third power. This. Yeah. And, and talk about a great kind of uh, name for him. You could have just called it the second power, man, yeah. and then gone into. I, I can't remember what the second power. I think the second power just dealt with possession. So it worked backwards. It was like third power. Resurrection was the first. Psychic was the second, and, and then, like being able to tell the future was the second. And then and, getting into people's bodies. Um, I think possession. Possession was the third. Was the third? Was that right? Yeah. Or maybe it was the all three of those are that, but those numbers might have been jumbled. <laughs> I'll see what I, I'll up. see what I can see do. See what you can find out. Uh, well, the budget was ten million dollars, and it, the worldwide gross was twenty-two uh, million. So, I mean, there's no reason they it should have been more than been doubled made. their fucking money. Some of the interesting trivia that I found about it. So, originally, the title of the film was Transit, uh, because huh. <laughs> which is a very kind of innocuous name for this type of movie, and that's probably why they changed it. But it says uh, originally the title of the film was Transit because of the killer's ability to jump between bodies as a way of moving around the city. No one would fucking get that connection. Yeah. No one in their no. world uh, would get that connection. It said the title was changed so potential audience members would be more aware of its supernatural slash horror elements. I mean, true, the first power does have kind of that, it, there might be something neutral, supernatural in there, but... Really, the first power doesn't tell you much anyways. It does tell you in the trailer, though. In the trailer, they really kind of uh, go into that. 
Okay, here we go. Oh, we got it. So, a demonic serial killer who was given the powers of resurrection, teleportation, and possession. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah, that's what we said. Just... Yeah. Well, I know though that they specifically said that the the girl had the second power, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. the ability to see the future. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have that. So maybe that's the, the nun fourth. is the one who kind of broke yeah. it, that exposition of yeah. the movie to us. Uh, so yeah, so that it, this was the favorite movie of late rapper Eazy E. No which shit. makes a lot of sense, man, because huh. back in that day, this was a big movie. It really was. It wasn't, dude. but it really wasn't. It was one of those under. It was kind of an underground big movie. Those people who knew it loved it, but it was one of those movies that unless you caught it on demand or HBO, it, it could easily fly by you. I'm sure it wasn't in the theater for very much. It didn't win awards or anything like that, but those into the know of horror kind of supernatural movies, it was always on the top of our list. There was also just some kind of like creepy elements. Like there's one part where he jumps off that building. Yeah. You know, and oh, it's yeah. funny too, because when he jumps, you can see the rope behind. Oh him. yeah. Clear as day. And that was but, one of the big things I'm going to talk about too, is they leaned into the wire work. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It worked. It no, worked it did. Really it absolutely well. did. Um, you know, when he jumped off that and just landed and then just yeah. ran away, like I had never seen anything yep. like that. And before. apparently it was supposed to be, uh, because of the way the stunt worked, he had jumped it supposedly he was supposed to jump over like a five story but mm. they actually had to have him jump from a 10 story to be able to do that thing so it really? was like a 10 story jump that he was able to slow down at that very end that's just to, fucking crazy to do it man. and it looked yeah. great it yeah. looked really good um and then there was also a point where he like shows up behind lou diamond phillips and he jumps over him oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. he jumps yeah. like 12 feet in the air no it was like jerry dandridge from like fright night when he did like, that kind rah, of yeah, yeah you yeah. know and like i mean even Rewatching that, it was just kind of like, yo, that's kind of fucking spooky yeah. looking. I'm you know, you, like it had a there was something about Satanistic movies back in the day, yeah. and and like, uh, it, this movie was just very like heavy metal. I, I like to call it. It's like you know the, some of the horror. I, t- I tell my girl too the uh, the things that are always huge and always sell as far as collectors' point of view is horror movies, Satanism. Uh, uh, yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> Horror movies, wrestling, and heavy metal. Anything yeah. that deals with all three of those things will sell all the time. Yeah, you I, got I a niche. Tons of money on yeah. those things. Like uh, Eric won't take CDs or cassettes in his store anymore unless they're heavy metal because they're the only ones that sell. He will not take really? uh, DVDs anymore unless they're horror movies because or uh, or Marvel. Horror uh-huh. and Marvel are the or superhero movies in general. Yeah. Horror and superhero uh, movies the only ones he'll take because they're the only ones who sell. People yeah. are obsessed with old horror movies and like the first power on VHS. I don't know what it is, but I, I guarantee if you get a good copy, it's worth a lot. Oh, I'm sure. There's a huge market for old horror VHS movies out there. Let's see what we can find it for on uh, eBay here so just a couple other like little minor trinkets to mention the poster for the movie appeared in the seinfeld episode the dog really so i'm wondering if it was in the movie theater it was in the back of someone's house or something like that because i remember that episode but i definitely don't remember the uh the uh poster me neither uh fangoria ran a large story on the film when it was titled transit really that is interesting as shit because i loved fangoria and i never caught on to that uh, and the last thing, other body-swapping horror movies that were popular around the same time, or this and briefly afterwards, was uh, Shocker, The Horror Show, The Fallen, or Fallen, not The Fallen, uh, that Denzel Washington won, and yeah. uh, The Hidden. I love The Hidden, too, and The Hidden's another uh, movie that people don't remember. I feel like I saw that. Oh, it was so good. That was a rock and that was a heavy metal horror movie if I ever heard of one, because the, the killer, it was like an alien who came down... And he he would transfer his body from person to person, but it was done through this weird, gross, thick, thick worm that went from one person's mouth to another, and it was nasty. Yeah. It was really nasty. But when he went into their bodies, all he wanted to do was drive fast cars and listen to heavy metal. So he, there was a great scene where he, he broke into a car dealership. I want this car. I need this car. And then he, go, he gets in the car and just cranks the heavy metal music and just drives off the lot. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember it's like a worm yeah. thing. I yeah. have I have it on VHS also. I love the hidden. Uh, definitely, if that's a fucking uh, Tubi movie, we might have to. You and me might have to do that one. We could do that. The hidden was fucking great. So you could find the first power anywhere from five to forty five bucks. Yeah, yeah. good on good VHS. Copies. Yeah, on good VHS. Copies. You know, on vid- DVD, it might even be harder to find. Check out what the DVD is. I own the copy a copy on DVD, but I remember it wasn't easy to come by. Uh, they, maybe it got cheaper over the years, but. Uh, 
it's kind of a hard one. That's why Tubi is great because Tubi has Tubi has that in spades. Twenty bucks from Walmart. Wow, twenty dollars from Walmart. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's expensive for now. $15 elsewhere. Yeah, that's expensive for VHS or DVDs now, to be honest with you. Because yeah. most DVDs you can get for like uh, $12 or under. So that's a little bit on the higher end, but certainly worth it. But like I said, that's I, I love Tubi and say what you want if you don't like their uh, their listings of stuff. But they have so many goddamn cult movies that oh, are yeah, hard dude. to find that Absolutely. you will never find anywhere else. That Fear City movie, I think Fear City is one of those DVDs that goes for a shitload. And uh, to the point where I think I might have to go to my modified lady who who can do any uh, DVD for me and, and drop 20 bucks to be able to get it because it's a very hard movie to find. But it's on Tubi. So. 90 bucks for the Blu-ray. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. And they so. just dropped it down to 69.95. So, yeah, just with stuff we loved about this movie, because obviously we're fans of it. Like I said, the, the, the great stuff with the homeless lady is so great. Oh, my gosh. So once he starts... Once he gets uh, gas chambered, like they catch him at the very beginning of the movie, he ends up killing one of the uh, the cops. We get yeah. to see him do kind of a ritualistic thing. I wish we got to see him wear that mask later in the movie. Now, when you there's when, one part one part yeah. where um, you do now on the rewatch, it's definitely less of a great film more than it is an awesome nostalgic piece. Yeah, well, me. and and because it's it's got plot holes after plot everywhere, holes after dude, plot holes. everywhere. It's just it's a fun, sinking though. ship for sure. Yeah, you're but, you're watching this movie for the fun of it and just to enjoy what they're doing here. But like I said, you know, like those couple of things that I talked about earlier, yeah. like if you if you were watching this yeah. back then, yeah. They're still kind of a like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, today you'd be like, hmm, okay, grandpa. You yeah, know? yeah, for but, sure. And but, it, they went, they leaned really highly into the fact that uh, Lou Diamond Phillips just—he's a cop, but he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. it doesn't matter. He yeah. walks onto any scene. He, he walks into anyone's house. He, he doesn't give a shit. He fucking supposedly kills the lieutenant. Yeah, and, and he yeah. just tells his chief, he's just like, I need more time. And he's I need like, more time. Yeah. okay, fine, like. <laughs> What? <laughs> you would be arrested so fucking oh, fast. Yeah, bro. there were so many moments where this would this movie would have been shut down, yeah. or, or the, uh, the the instances in the movie would have been shut down, and the case would not have gone on and everything. Uh, but I liked it. Like I said, it was just a lot of fun to watch. I liked the idea of a psychic being able to help and everything. Also, she could have saved everyone a lot of time if she she really didn't. Why hang up the phone when she's talking to uh, yeah. uh, Lou Diamond Phillips? Diamond Phillips. Yeah. Take your time and explain to him exactly why you don't want him to be executed. Yeah. She could have said that. Yeah. Because clearly he had no plans on even going by that. Well, he's he like, probably what, wouldn't whatever. have listened, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he had he was on the steps when he was about to get executed. I mean, he was just cocky as hell. And yeah. I, knowing what happens when the killer comes back and everything, it's fun to watch how giddy he was because he knew it was the next logical step he right. needed to be put to death i don't maybe you can't do it by killing yourself but that's yeah, also yeah, a possibility right? yeah. you know maybe you have to be some kind because of because a, a lot of it with him was the ritualistic thing because remember he even told that girl at the beginning you can't be scared it needs to to be able to kind of work yeah. I, I don't want you to be scared and everything like yeah. that uh but then it becomes like a different type of movie obviously when he starts jumping around with people and you get that girl uh it would be a totally different movie today because it, she obviously is that helpless girl that uh, Lou Diamond Phillips has to help out. Right, yeah. And uh, they kind of do that whole thing. But for me, the movie was all about the stunts and the people he jumped into, man. Yeah. One of the best car flips I had ever seen in a movie, man. Oh, God, yeah. Damn, they yeah, flipped dude, this that car was great, like man. crazy. And this was back when they were doing these stunts. Yeah, Someone no, was definitely... caught on fire in this movie, a great fire. Uh, this was two weeks in a row we had two great fire sequences uh, because it was another one. What was it? Was it one of the waxworks? It was no. It was the swamp thing that me yeah, and Dave talked about. Yeah, it must have been. Oh, that one of the best fire fucking uh, stunts I had ever seen. Because today, even today, if they do it, you can see that suit really well. Or back in the day, like go back and watch Maniac Cop Two. It, it was one of the thickest persons you ever seen. Oh yeah, you could see the mask. Yeah, on his absolutely. Head. But in Swamp Thing and in this one, man, they did a killer fire. It, which Swamp Thing is it? I think it's Swamp Thing Two with. Um... Heather, yeah, I don't. I mentioned on the last one. I don't think I've ever seen it. So, so I I saw this on TikTok the other day, and it was so terrible. There's a cut of them walking through the swamp, and Swamp Thing is telling her how like 
all of this used to be slave plantations <laughs> and like, you know, that there was an uprising or something. And this is just her line in the movie. Yeah. Her line in the movie goes, well, I just don't know how anybody could be upset about anything with as beautiful it is, is out here. And it's just like, what the wow. fuck did you just say? That's like, hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, was she talking about slavery? Or was she, or, was, yeah, well, or she that's was, how they she was the basically, yeah, I mean, he was saying that this land used to be a plantation. Gotcha, gotcha. And there was like an uprising because the people, you know, they were slaves. And she, I mean, she, I guess she's just playing like a dumb person wow. because her response is like, I just don't know how anybody could be unhappy out here. And it's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Is that her way of saying they enjoyed picking that I don't know. (laughs) Because it sounds like that's what she's saying. But it was... This might be the reason Heather Locklear doesn't have return to swap (laughs) thing on her her reel. (laughs) She's got more problems than that to deal with right now. But uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I also should mention, too, uh, and you'll hear it on the uh, Swamp Thing pod when you listen to it. I just dropped today, so I assume you haven't probably listened to it. No, not yet. I'm driving down Uh, to Naples. The version on Tubi is the international cut. With all the nudity. Oh, that's the one you've been looking for for years. That's the one everyone's been looking for for years. (laughs) That you you have to pay like two hundred dollars to get like a copy of it and everything. It's on Tubi. I could not believe it. Yeah, I'm watching it, assuming it's the American cut, and then all of a sudden you get to see Adrian Barbeau like stoking up those boobs in the swamp. (laughs) Holy shit! (laughs) Paul's like, I've been waiting on this moment for thirty years. It didn't let down either. (laughs) It it was so gratuitous, like you could see why they cut it. You were like, Why would they? I mean, it's like she's just walking around topless for fifteen. No, she's just she. She's washing herself in the dirtiest of swamps. Like, oh, no one should be washing themselves, and it's cameras, nothing on. She got fleshy. It wasn't bacteria. like an artistic behind a leaf type <laughs> picture. It was like, holy shit, we're just going to drop this camera in front of you, Adrian. Uh, so it's pretty funny. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, when he went into the the homeless woman, let's talk about that. Oh, dude. Because they were already up like five stories or something like yeah. that. And it was like a huge picture window. And this is the scene that got me in the trailer. Yeah. Where she came up spinning. Yeah. Like she was already mid spin when it, when she appeared at the bottom of the window. Yeah. And it continued. And it, you almost have to do a double take because it sounds just, it's not Carol Kane, but it sounds just like Carol Kane. When oh, you listen to, listen to her again yeah. and picture like Carol Kane from like Scrooge yeah. or, or from License to Drive. She does, yeah. It sounds just fucking like <clears throat> her. And it's funny as hell. She brings some of the best comedy in it. And I wish she had been in the picture longer. She's in this scene and then the next scene she's in yeah, the back of the car. Yeah, she's in for like five minutes. Yeah, she's yeah. a good five minutes. Probably the best person she went into. There was actually one joke in the movie. Right. Yeah. So uh, at some point when Lou Diamond Phillips is talking to whoever the, the redheaded psychic person. Yeah. Tracy Groves. Thank you. Um, they're like, <laughs> they're talking about this guy, you know, possessing people mm-hmm. and jumping from person to person. And they're at a newsstand and they turn and the newsstand guy has been listening to their conversation the whole time. Oh, I remember. And, and Lou Diamond Phillips goes, she just got out of the hospital and he goes, you should take her back. Yeah. That's hilarious. I actually made a note of that for the episode. So listen to the very yeah. end and you guys are going to hear that clip because that's the uh, clip I was totally yeah, going to use in the end great. one. That's great. Yeah, I thought that uh, was right. Because it was just like, holy shit, that was a joke. Yeah. Like, it was and it was funny. a good one. It, it landed, was. It landed it, it pretty was funny. perfect timing. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I, rewatching it, what bothered me the most was the scene at the bar where she's uh, where we get to see Bill Mosley and everything. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't pour the shot. And yeah. she just takes the bottle. Yeah. And goes to the... Who does that? Yeah. I was like, you know, you're not taking my fucking bottle yeah. of scotch. So uh, what? You're calling my liquor fucking yeah. watered down. You're not going to walk yeah. away with and my bottle. And how am I going to know how much you drank? That yeah. bottle cost $85. Yeah. If we were going to actually measure it out. I yeah. mean, if someone wanted to buy one of those bottles at the bar, can you? I wonder. You can. Yeah. You can? Yeah. I guess it... Back in the day, when I was like 23, 24, we would go up to, uh, what is it, Panama Joe's on 39th, and we'd drink up there until last call, Uh and then at last call, we'd just buy a bottle of liquor and take it home. How much would it cost? Grossly more? It was like 40 or 50 bucks. I mean, it was maybe $10 over cost. man. I wonder if you're a big drinker and you can hold your liquor, and if it's you and other person, why don't you just buy that? We we just did that. (laughs) Do they do it often now? I wonder No, I don't think they did it very often. I know you could do it at package stores. Yeah, The bars that were connected with package stores. This was at the bar, and the bar is closed now, so they can't get in any trouble for it. But like, yeah. That's why they're closed. They're selling bottles that would probably have racked up to a $250 probably yeah. yeah so and if you watch the movie too she also didn't fucking pay no she gets pissed off and walks out they also didn't take a sip 
Uh, fucking Bill Mosley should have. That's why Bill Mosley is like, like shitty don't ever come back in here. I know. And run, rabbit, run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the pre-story. That's how yeah. he started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His family right there. Go back and make that movie for sure. Uh, yeah, there was just fun stuff in it, man. I loved all the... Back in the day, if you, you set a pentagram on fire, you had an audience. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and they did that several times in this movie. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what the satanic church thought this was probably a ridiculous thing. Or, or maybe back in the day, the, arguably, like now, the satanic church has is, is got a very good sense of humor. Yeah. And it's actually more level-headed than you could possibly imagine right. compared to most churches. And they were like, ah, they mentioned the pentagram. That's cool. <laughs> Another thing that was just kind of like, oh, I know it was made in the or released in ninety, but it must have been re- made in the eighties because it was just like, oh, look, there's a map with all the locations of the oh, killing, yeah, yeah. and just now because she's told you one point, you just realize that it's a fucking star. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I still liked watching him do it. Though. No, it's great. You're like, it's oh, great. it's a pentagram. Yeah, oh my god, I didn't think of that. You know, like, oh, it's uh, I mean. We were probably the, I mean, the perfect age to watch this was probably when we watched this. I mean, I was probably 12 when I watched this and I was like, oh, this is just great, man. It had the, it had the perfect amount of gore where it wasn't too gory back in the day. Yeah. Uh, it didn't go overboard, but. So let me ask you a question about the ending. Sure. The end end. The can end I, ending. can I go to the end yeah, end? Yeah, you can go to the end end. Okay. So. We assume everyone's watching these movies on Tubi before we do these for, we just hope you. I hope so. Um, so. During the movie, when um, Lou Diamond Phillips is going to go to uh, like some like apartment house or something, they go to the hotel mm-hmm. and the guy is sitting there and like, you know, the old homeless guy is sitting there and like yeah. points to, to the direction yeah. to go where to go. Um, and then the killer comes out with an axe and hits him in the forehead with it. And that's one of her visions, yeah. right? And that was just about to come true, but she got there in time. Yeah, good scene. Yeah, good so scene. the axe missed him, right? I wish they had a couple more of those scenes and it would have been even better. At the very end, yeah, he's in the hospital bed and she's sitting there mm-hmm. and he wakes up and he fucking jumps at her to kill her. Yeah. And it flashes and it's her sitting in the hospital bed. So is that saying that dude went in to Lou Diamond Phillips at the end? And then if the credits had lasted another two minutes, that scene would actually come true. That's what I uh, thought also. Interesting. Yeah. And Interesting. I, that is, I didn't pick up on that until I rewatched yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I never picked up on that. And before. I always thought watching this back in the day that they were going to do the second power with Lou Diamond Phillips as the killer. That was kind that of our, great. That, that was kind of our thought process that it would it would be the movie would start and it would be in Lou Diamond Phillips and he had been killing people and getting away with it for a long time because he was a cop yeah. and everything and then someone figured it out and then the whole thing would start over again. It would be it would have been great. It, it actually makes me like the movie more. Yeah, knowing that you feel the same way. It's about good. That. It, it was like, a smart ending. I always uh, thought too because, because it's always, of that scene. It's, it, it always goes the other way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It always goes the other way where somebody sees something's going to happen, but it doesn't. Yeah. But they've already proven that her video or her visions yeah. like happen. Yeah. So it was I, great. It, it was a great was really tie-in cool. because, uh, like you said, there are moments like I re- one that comes to memory is one of my favorite Friday Thirteenth movies is the one that most people don't like, which is number five. That was the one where it wasn't actually uh, Jason as the killer; it was the uh, the ambulance driver Roy. Right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the very end, that was part of the Tommy Jarvis uh, trilogy, which was four, five, and six. Four was played by Corey Feldman, then it was yeah. played by this other kid, and then it was played by the kid. Uh, from uh, Return of Living Dead in number six. At the very end of number five, though, where the girl was in the hospital to come visit him, he was behind the uh, he Curtain was behind the door with with the Jason mask on. Right. And the door opened, and he put the knife up, and that's kind of how it ended. And I was like, oh, that would have been great. And Tommy Jarvis is going to go on as the uh, as Jason and yeah. everything. So it kind of reminded me of that ending. But the first part was even better because they had that callback scene. Yeah. That callback scene is what made that ending uh, so powerful. It was great, yeah. Uh, because without that, it was just oh maybe it's it's something but yeah because of that initial scene you i go by that that is exactly what happened that's awesome yeah i, I, really, I, really, I love that 
You know, because yeah, you don't get to great. see that. Like, no, you don't get to see it at all. That's why this is one of those one-shot movies that they're. I, I highly doubt they're ever going to remake it. This is the only version, the only one we're ever going to get, and it's a good capture of 1990 for sure. Yeah, it, 1990 is really a good year for movies because they're trying to completely separate themselves from the 80s. Yeah, it actually kind of already happened in 1989. 1989 already felt like 90s movies when they were making them. Yeah, 1989 is that I've mentioned it on pods before. It's one of the biggest years for movies pull up the summer of 89 it's gonna blow your fucking balls off yeah uh in 1990 it it took it right into that and it was like a whole different types of movies 90 was like you said with all those uh flatliners and uh uh, jacob's ladder i think was also 1990 and i never saw that all the way through jacob's ladder i saw bits and pieces of it that's great if it came out in 90 i remember i remember my brother had it on vhs so i would guess that that means 91 it was on vhs that means i was 10 yeah Oh, and I dark. remember, I remember trying to watch it, and just it was, it, it wasn't even scary. It was disturbing Holds because up. of the coloring and yep. everything like that. So. I never even went back to watch that movie. Amazing. Check it out. It's, yeah. It holds the fuck up, yeah. too. Oh, I'm sure. It, it was one of those movies that you can't talk about because there's a huge reveal in it uh, yeah. of what's actually going on. Yeah. But uh, it, it's almost like watching someone's descent into hell. Yeah. And it's so amazing. There's so many disturbing imagery in that. And uh, there's the dance sequence where his, his girlfriend's dancing with what looks like a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the scene where he's, uh, he's got a temperature of 106. Oh wow! And she calls the doctor, and he said, "You're gonna die on the way to the hospital. We need to get you." And all the neighbors come through, come into the house to help her hold him down in the bathtub and yeah. put ice in the tub. And oh wow! It's such a great movie. When you know it, it's almost a more enjoyable second viewing once you realize what's, what's happening. What's going on? It. Yeah, uh, it's so great. I definitely recommend Jacob's Ladder to anyone who. Uh, can, Who's the can main find it. character in that? Uh, the main actor. Andy Dufresne. What's his name? Uh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. That's yeah. right. Tim yeah. Robbins and Elizabeth. I think that was probably the first thing I ever saw him. In. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I because think, I mean, I was ten. Cadillac Man, I think, might have come out before that. It might I saw that in the theater with my dad. Oh, okay, so you yeah. might have seen. Check up the date on Cadillac Man. Cadillac Man <laughs> might have been 80s. Uh, because, and that was rated R, but there wasn't anything in there besides swearing and anything that would have... Uh, uh, Tape Heads was another one that I saw early on. 90. Oh, Bull Durham might have come out before that, actually. Hmm. Bull Durham might have been the first Tim Robbins that most people had seen. Tim Bull Durham sounds like 88. 88. Yep. 88, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I didn't see that until later on. Yeah, he was. Um, uh, yeah, he was great. Uh, also, in uh, who was amazing in Jacob's Ladder was Danny Aiello. Uh, one of the best Danny Aiello movies. He's great. Which, looking back, people think that he re- uh, represents an angel in that movie, and it's it's so great watching him in that film. Yeah, everyone. Danny Aiello is one of those guys that everyone loves. He's just kind of that fatherly, cool figure. I'm not sure he's alive still, but he's great. I love going back and catching him in films. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he is still alive. I like it. Check out Jacob's Ladder, but also check out the first power. Oh, no, he's not. He died in oh, 2019. Shit, Sorry, man. Danny. It's like, his son's still alive. This might be who oh, you're okay. looking at. Daniel III is a, uh, he acted in a lot of Danny's movies, and he was a stunt man for a long time. Uh, so he does look kind of like him, too. Uh, but yeah, that's the first power, man. Fun movie, man. If yeah. you want to capture the 90s and one of these early satanic movies that foolishly people were like picketing and stuff back in the day because so great. late 90s and uh, or late 80s early 90s was classic for the church really coming down on anything that had a pentagram or satan yeah. worshipers and the people that knew it were like we're the same people that looking back now how they attacked ozzy osbourne i, yeah. I was like the man who can't get the cellophane off the uh the the dvds he's opening on the on the osbournes that's the guy you, you think it was a satan worshiper huh? what's the name of that um store that sells like all the goth stuff in the mall uh hot topic yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like the, the person was growing up yeah, during yeah. this time and they're like you know what i'm gonna sell because i know they'll sell all of this pedogram shit. Oh, like. yeah, man. People knew it. That's, back in the day, it's, you, it's hard to believe it. Back in the day, that uh, one of the more popular shirts was just a shirt with Charles Manson's face on it. <laughs> I remember several people have that shirt. You're just going to wear that shirt around, yeah. huh? Okay. Well, no one has fun. a problem with it. No. And uh, I went to church around that time, so I remember them actually doing like... Uh, it was it was actually one of my favorite sermons ever because mm-hmm. we actually got to hear about good rock music and everything where they had a guy that was a traveling preacher that was the guest preacher for an entire like four days at our church oh, wow. so normally we would do like a Sunday service you know you right. Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday night because he was in town I think we did Sunday 
Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And oh, every wow. night he did a different part of his sermon because the sermon was like four or five hours. And, oh, wow. it, and it was like a... Um, Looking back now, it's like a it was like a PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. He would click a button on those old school yeah like, slide, projectors. slide projectors. Yeah, yeah. And, and he would show a poster of a movie or of a rock band. So mm-hmm. they would show Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden, and then he would go in and talk the lyrics and everything, and see this is why this is evil. Uh-huh. But even as a kid who who believed in God at this time, mm-hmm. and, and we were going to the church, he went so far overboard that he should have he he he. Ran when he should have walked, really, because yeah. he, he was, in one breath, he was saying that, and then the next one is, Huey Lewis in the News is evil and a Satan worshiper because oh of the God. song, Step by Step, he's trying to get closer to God, which means he's he's more of a believer with Satan. I'm like, oh seriously? My this God. guy's really getting, I remember looking at my mom and my mom kind of rolling her eyes because, like, Huey Lewis? You're going to tell us Huey Lewis is, yeah. is a Satan worshiper, huh? This is it. <laughs> he went into uh, he went into Sammy Davis Jr. being a worshiper because he, oh, they got on. photos of him hanging out with Anton LaVey in the sixties. I'm like, come on, dude! I was like, Anton LaVey was at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, I was like, he was like a fucking. Uh, laughable kind of icon back in the day. That's like a Facebook so. post from 2007. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, so it was like it was funny looking back on the on the day who they considered evil and everything. Yeah, and I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, they would have hated this movie. So check that out <laughs> if you're anti-church. Go with the first power. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get some fun stuff coming up uh, the next week. Uh, our next episode should be our anniversary episode. Where we're gonna do a. Uh, uh, Wild card, three uh, movies each. We're going to do a wild card, and then we're going to do a trivia challenge where Justin will take on Dave for a major award, like like Christmas story. (laughs) A major major award. award. Uh, And we'll see who the champion is. So uh, if you want to hit us up on Facebook, you can check us out and uh, see all the cool posters we're about to put up. I've just put a cool collage for the first power-up. and uh, Or no, I'm about to put that up on Friday. And you could also give us a like or comment on two platforms, SoundCloud or iTunes, or you could go OG style and send us a email, fastnamefilms at gmail.com, and we will get back to you. Let us know what you think of the first power. I wasn't lucky enough to see it in the theater. I know I always envy these people that see these movies. Yeah, that, that I didn't know. My cousin was big on that, man. He, he saw a lot of those big ones back in the day, right when I wasn't allowed to go see him. Sons of bitches. Fuck you, church. Let's <laughs> turn into an anti church thing at the end, but whatever. All right. Until next time, see you. Peace. She just got out of the hospital. Might want to put her back in there.